0: We've all heard the phrase, it takes a village, but how many of us really live life that way these days? Be honest. I don't mean living with the sole purpose of serving others per se, but having a general understanding that living in a community means that some portion of your life should be spent helping others to some capacity. It could be something simple and small that takes no time out of your day, for example. Coeur locals know about pushing neighbors' cars out of the snow every winter. Public action is a term about as subjective as sustainability. It means different things to different people. To some, a community is best served in a position of public office, perhaps working in local legislation or something like that. But to others, to be publicly active is as simple as pushing your neighbor out of the snow, for instance. These examples and everything in between can fit the description of public action, which means there's no shortage of opportunity. You've probably seen a video or read something about how easy it is to volunteer, how little time it takes out of your day, that sort of message, there's really no shortage of them. It's sad that so many people choose to avoid or ignore so many opportunities to get involved, but this is not a message meant to point fingers or blame anyone because they don't volunteer. See, this podcast is about educating ourselves and shifting the way we think about things that construct our society so that we can progress together as a cohesive unit, which we know is difficult to accomplish. We also know that there's a gap these days between wanting to be involved and involving oneself. Liking an Instagram post about getting rid of plastic is nice, but it's different than going out and physically picking up the trash that pollutes your own city. So how do we bridge that gap? How do we get ourselves from being active online to motivating ourselves and others into being real, constructive, community-loyal activists? Dylan Stigermeyer, at the time of this interview's recording, was here in his hometown of Coeur all the way from his current home out in Sweden, where he's listening to From Now, you lucky dog. Dylan started a group called The Theodores, and through this incredible platform, he was able to get people involved in trash pickups in a way I have never seen before. So let's dig right in together and see if we can learn how this stuff applies to sustainability in this episode four of the Sustainable Culture Podcast, Public Action. excited to have here with me Sir Dylan. How do you pronounce your last name? Because I will butcher it if I try. Stigemeyer, or some people will call me Stiggy. Stiggy? Let's go with Stiggy. So Stiggy, Mm -hmm. you're a part of a group that I admire very much that actually kind of helped inspire me a little bit to do the community trash pickups that we've done here in town called The Theodores. What's The Theodores? Tell us about it. So The Theodores is a community group that I started.
1: Really no membership required, but yeah, I wanted to get people in the outdoors and build community and i was really disappointed anytime i went to the national forest or the mountain lakes uh, i was constantly finding lots of garbage and so i started the theodores uh, with the idea i mean it's simple like leave no trace you know but uh, yeah. i wanted an online platform where people could track cleanups and where you could like challenge you know, maybe breweries or cities even. Mm. Um, and so I started thinking of what that would look like. It took me a little while to get there. But really, it's, yeah, to build
0: cooperation and community and stewardship of the outdoors. And that's interesting, too. You mentioned the challenge idea. Have you ever gotten that to work out? Uh, I mean, it took me a while just to get the website.
1: And so I haven't... I, right now, I would say I'm just at the point where I where I could do that. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's really what I would like to start doing. I mean, I think it would, like... I mean, say you had... Staff Badger and Slate Creek, you know, who could do go down and do the most cleanups on the lake. And my website would really allow you to track that for a week or a month, Right. or like, I mean, you could go as big as like Spokane and Boise. Yeah, so you could really, can really ex- expand, it. expand it. Once you can collect data and yeah, and yeah so. That's kind of where my head was with
0: it i'd love to see where that goes the challenge idea it'd be interesting to see what the incentives for that would be and have you thought of ideas for that there's i mean i curiosity. thought like
1: you know like uh, incentivizing it with maybe with some corporate sponsorships or you know maybe you get a free beer if you came in and showed that you actually i, I mm-hmm. mean there's a, yeah so ways that corporations could or businesses could kind of sponsor because i am finding i mean people will post it, it's rare that people post all the time and so yeah i mean i do need to find ways to incentivize it but i do think like all these outdoor clothing
0: companies and
1: you know i just need to start reaching out to them and now i have the platform Mm -hmm. and it is working and so that's where i would like to go for sure
0: that's really cool so why do it
1: so i moved back i was uh working on a doctorate in political science in pocatello and I'm from North Idaho and I moved back here and I started applying for some jobs in the say environmental fields so mm-hmm. that was like a land trust out of Sandpoint um, and I went into KEA you know and was asking but it it was really tough to find any sort of what I would classify as like full-time employment mm-hmm. the land trust Eric I even told him I would work for free for a year oh wow and didn't get the gig yeah didn't I still it. had my fellowship and was teaching online you know and I was like you shouldn't have to have a doctorate and want to work for free for a year to like yeah to you know but there's the really they not take you, uh, even yeah. though, you know yeah I mean there but there's really n- not a lot of jobs in in it here and it's hard you know so I try to think of something that would be like easy for anybody to do and get involved and that's where the Theodores came from was yeah. like it should be easy and we should be able to do this from any age you know and so that's where my project ideas
0: started coming together. That's what I was trying to build. You named it The Theodores. Obviously that's, well, To me, that's obvious because I'm a huge Teddy fan. But Teddy Roosevelt was big on saying, do what you can with what you have where you can. Yeah, where you are. Where you are, excuse me. I've always really, really loved that quote. It's on your website. You know, how have you been inspired by the whole philosophy of that quote? Well,
1: for me, I was, uh, the first summer I came back, I got a job at the Wallace District Mining Museum. And that job was awesome. I mean, I got to learn all the mining history and the labor history. And one of the books that I picked up uh, was The Big Burn, which followed like the biggest four fire in U.S. history, and also in that it outlines how Teddy Roosevelt established the Forest Service. Hmm. And I knew who he was, and I mean, honestly, he wasn't like my favorite environmentalist until kind of reading this book. And the and the other thing of working at the museum is I was able to see how many people, it didn't matter your ideology, everybody loved Teddy, like Democrat, Republican, Independence, and that's the reason I picked him. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean I have some heroes, David Brower or some of those people who maybe I identify more with, but I picked Teddy because I really felt like he
0: was kind of the one political figure that we have that kind of brings everybody together He's so prominent it, he, everything that you look up when it comes to Teddy Roosevelt is just all these big things it's all these big events you know um, I'm particularly fascinated with how he figured out the loophole with uh, have you know figuring out how to make uh, national monuments mm-hmm. he, he figured out that there was really nothing preventing him as a president from just signing it off and boom it was considered a national monument as opposed to a national park yeah and which was a much more difficult process legally. I mean, most
1: of the uh, national forest that was put into production was done in a matter of weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like him and Gifford Pinchot just sitting down and circling maps. And, and I mean, I learned all sorts of stuff that even growing up here. Like, I didn't know that Teddy Roosevelt uh, went through Wallace in 1903, Mm. you know. And uh, he went to U of I and planted a tree. Mm -hmm. And you read his, like, 1912 platform when he ran as a progressive. And I think you could almost run on the whole thing today, you know. So it's like... I mean, he was a man of big ideas. And, yeah, I mean, I'd still say there's a lot of, especially his stuff on uh, corporations and that type of stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, so have we really gotten that far in
0: 100 years? That's probably a loaded... Yeah, lot of questions. Coming soon to an episode near you. Yeah. Where are we now? <laughs> yeah. um, so I just wanted to talk a bit about Teddy because he's mm-hmm. just so fun to talk about because whether you like him or you don't, and most people do like him. Um, and there's some shady stuff to learn about yeah, him for sure, cool. but at the same time it's just he's just a larger than life character. He is me. larger than life. And I mean that's like the cool thing about starting this group is how much I've
1: learned about him from other people oh cool you know like i mean i was never like a theodore historian or anything you know and and so in that regard it's been like really fascinating and a learning experience to me to like because he is many people's favorite and they'll come tell you you know their favorite story and so you know i learn all this other stuff constantly. Let's go
0: back to your website. So you can go on the website. It's thetheodors.org. Certainly go check it out. It will make you want to go clean stuff, I promise. <laughs> uh, what happens when people do go clean stuff and they want to get involved with the Theodores? I mean, so it right now you can create a
1: user account which will kind of track your cleanups and we give you points so you can see who's on the leaderboard. So if you want to try to they teddy points yeah, in case one points. Landrock Robert, uh he could be a hard one. Yeah, I, I- <laughs> shout out to Landlocked
0: Robert because I felt so proud of myself. I posted my first ever teddy of our community trash pickup last uh this past October in 2018 and I felt so proud of myself because it gave me like I think it was like 50 or 30 teddy points. I was like, "Oh yeah, double digits <laughs> first time." There's this dude named Landlock Robert who is hill Hilariously ahead of literally everyone else in points.
1: Yeah, he's doing a cleanup every day. It's awesome. And yeah. he's here in Coeur right? Yeah. Yep. I so. met him. I got funding to build the website through Coeur d'Alene 2030. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a community grant competition. So I went out there and pitched my idea, and then the community could put, like, I don't know, like a chip in whoever idea they like. And so I won some money and I hired this company, Gravis Tech, to, to build the website. But uh, Landlock Robert, he came by and I gave him one flag. And then, I mean, he followed me the whole time through building the website and he's been like every day doing he's a cleanup and Just a diehard Yeah, which is cool. Um, but I would say, like, what it does is, I mean, it allows you to connect to like-minded people. All the cleanups then get posted out on my Theodore's Facebook page. And it really, I mean, what you notice is, like, when somebody goes out and does a cleanup, mm-hmm. if a few happen, then a few more happen. It just reminds people to, hey, I could do this, too. And it is fun. And, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of, it's, I mean, it's, it's making, like, something that should be done positive and fun mm-hmm. rather than seem like work and you got a DUI and you're with the sheriff department or something
0: this podcast has many goals chief among those goals I think is educating encouraging people to take action however they feel is needed in their community or they they can see is needed in their community and that could be trash pickups it could be whatever else so let's dissect the whole concept of of that big step you know social media is really interesting because You know, you you see some really cool thing that maybe it's a charity, maybe it's something you like it. But there's a big difference in liking something on a social media page or on the Internet and actually doing something there. So I guess my question is, in your opinion, is social media useless in that context or do you think they still have a purpose in the overall goal of taking action in community?
1: I mean, I think, yeah, social media can definitely, and that's how I've set my site to work, is to use it as a tool. Uh, but I mean, it, it comes with drawbacks. You know, I'm on my phone a lot. And and it it, it yeah, it doesn't really necessarily inspire, inspire action. I, I think like word of mouth is the best thing that you can have, is is like really having people who believe in what you're doing or who are wearing your clothes or, you know, and, and, and telling their friends and like taking them out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the social media, I mean, it keeps everybody together, and, and it really has like enabled me to,
0: to get my message to a much broader audience, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a good way to reach audiences, certainly, and to mm-hmm. communicate. You know, I think it's important, and I think a lot of young people these days are fiery about helping where it is needed. Not just young people, of course, but I have noticed a lot of passion in a lot of young people these days especially in sort of this, not to get political, but it's a tense political climate in recent years. And it's just really interesting to see so many people, especially young people really getting into it and really wanting to do something. Even if they do kind of like something and that's all they do, I I do know there's a need there. Let's go back for a minute too. I wanna talk about, you mentioned briefly a second ago that you were able to win some money, grant money, I guess. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that because if one of our listeners would like to get into the same kind of thing you're doing or or for that matter something else that's helpful in their community in some other way, it can be tough to make things work monetarily for all kinds of reasons. If you're volunteering, it takes things away from your regular life, maybe for working or whatever. So could you share with us how you made that happen, how difficult it was, and maybe give some trade secrets? Uh, to getting maybe know. community I mean, I'm events. Not, I,
1: I, I'm <laughs> not like all that successful other than, um, you know, my friends and family have really been supportive. And, you know, I, I've met people who have really helped me further what I'm doing, you know, and that's like Ali Kosky with AHA Creative and helping me do the design. Yeah. My, my brother did the, the drawing, but I did all the printing and stuff at Ali, Sarah and Greg, I mean, I want a grant, a couple thousand dollars, you know, but I mean, that's in technology, when you're building stuff like that, that that no way comes close to, like, Mm -hmm. covering their actually, their time. But when you have a good idea and you're passionate about something, like, people will come help you. I often have to remind myself, uh, because, like, sometimes I don't feel like I'm all that successful with when you look at the numbers and you know I mean I I feel like I always could be but if it was easy it wouldn't be worth doing. If it was easy everybody would already be out doing it and wouldn't need to be done Mm -hmm. you know and like when I first I mean before I had the website and when I would tell people what I'm going to do or try to do you know like I mean people like just didn't understand and I was like am I do I just not know how to have a conversation or, you know, <laughs> but now that the, the photos are there and the website's there. And, but I, what I'm realizing is like building anything from the ground up is is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And and maybe even more so with what I'm trying to do, because it's like I'm not really focused on money or profits or, you know, like that's kind of secondary. You need those things to make your organization work. Yeah, so I try to stay positive and, and, and then I rely a lot on, like people helping me, mm-hmm. and and that's mostly how I've got it gotten it to work. And
0: you get a lot of help. Um, I was looking on the website. There's people worldwide posting stuff on there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, one if you have a good idea and people are receptive. I mean, they, they like that's been the the cool thing to me is like. I mean, I tell people I'm trying to get a clean up in every country. In every state, you know, and I'll just have like random people track me down and give mm-hmm. me their address and send them a little package and I'll even make a donation, yeah. which is cool, you know. And Yeah, I, I so checked out the very grassroots. <laughs>
0: That's true. Grassroots is extremely important with stuff like this. When you look at the map on the website, it's funny because you see Coeur d'Alene. Everything from Coeur to like Kazakhstan is on there. And yeah. It's, um, everybody posting teddies. Uh-huh. So... Um, well, and some of that is well. I used to work at Spokane
1: Falls, so they brought in like uh, some speakers from like Afghanistan and, yeah. and Kazakhstan, and yeah. Really? and So I tracked them down after their talk. And, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I have five minutes and told them what I was doing, but they took it on the airport and flew back there, and that's and, really
0: cool. Yeah. So networking, you would say, is is big. Yeah, networking big. is big, and
1: then finding like people in the community who are willing to support you, and when they do, like, try to acknowledge that and treat them right and you know i mean i know that i can't pay for all the services people have provided for me
0: at Mm -hmm. this point you know humility i think is a really big thing as far as i've seen so far and we're really just getting started with our own pickups we have really tried to focus on the fact that we're going to go do it whether anyone comes or not, mm-hmm. and really just not pointing fingers at anyone, you know, like, hey, if you don't clean, you're somehow lesser than or whatever it is, you know. But what I've found is it's more important to be a constant source of encouragement to your community and to learn from each other and to see, you know, what they can bring to the table and if they'd even be interested. And there's no, there's no harm in mentioning stuff and, and just, in, you know, inviting people Yeah, I think people respond much better to
1: positivity you know and that's what getting out and doing cleanups i mean i chose cleanups because i felt it was an easy action that like almost anybody could do it was needed almost everywhere Mm -hmm. and like when you look at plastics or i mean if you look the oceans are supposed to have more trash and plastic than like fish by mass by 2050. So, I mean, it is, is a huge, a, yeah. huge problem and it's completely human created. Right. How else did it get there? <laughs> yeah. To me, it's a, it's a, pro- like, if we can't solve this one, then we might not be successful in other problems that are going to be harder to solve. You know, so I picked this one because I felt it was like easy and doable with enough human action and paying attention and I really do feel like if you get out and you just walk tubs and you actually go down like go down to where the water meets the land well oh, there's find, so much you'll find almost any walk but like the only way that you I believe change your personal habits and how much stuff you are using is if you actually been down and pick something up and think it's a problem. Like, Mm -hmm. if you don't think it's a problem, then you're not going to change your habits. And so that's really what I'm trying to to instill in people or just get them to notice, you know? And like, that's what everybody says to me. Like, once they've gone out and they clean up, then, you know, you can't clean up trash every time you see it because you would be doing, that would be your whole life, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, so you got to pick and choose your moments. But once you start, then, I mean, it's hard to shut it off because then you do see it and then, you know, hopefully you change your
0: personal habits and if enough people do that then problem changes. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you're enjoying the conversation. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about our own trash pickup that everyone is invited to. This event was postponed since the snow got completely out of control up here in Coeur so our new date for this one is Saturday April 9th. Here's what you want to do. Find the Sustainable Culture Podcast Facebook page and follow it, or follow us on Instagram. Either one will give you very important updates with meeting information, sponsorships, who's serving us coffee, and all kinds of other cool stuff. If you want to get involved with what this podcast is all about, with people that want to help as much as you do, this is the best possible way to do it. With that said, let's get back into our conversation as we discuss how else we can be good servants and how politics can creep its way into being involved in your community. Not to get too into the woods here, because we got to be careful with certain topics like Mm -hmm. this, but I think it's far too easy to see the potential links when it comes to uh, public involvement to like political stuff. I mean, have you ever noticed any political issues kind of creep their way into what you're trying to do, which is very anti-political. It's just picking stuff up and taking action. Have you ever encountered any sort of weirdness there or any conversations Uh before? I mean really no
1: and most of the time like if I'm out picking up or I mean I find that I come in contact with people that I know like politically we probably don't have much in common with you know but like you can have this activity and like making your community better I mean everybody Mm -hmm. supports that you know you might not have the same ideas for how to make that happen or something but like yeah the trash pickup i remember i was in um kellogg and they have a statue of a miner running a jack lake drill there's mm-hmm. a beer can on top of it and th- i saw this guy he pulls over and he's trying to get it but he's not he's not tall enough so i gave him a boost and yeah he got it off of there and he was you know he told me just trying to keep my city look good and i and i was like cool that's awesome yeah. you know but i yeah if we would have sat down like we probably wouldn't have agreed on On who knows? Uh, Yeah, on who knows. I mean, I would say, yeah, just in the brief time that I met him, I would say, you know, like, yeah, maybe we wouldn't have much in common, but it's cool that you can form those commonalities with people that you otherwise might not have much in common with.
0: I guess that's just another example of just reaching out and just regardless of what we might disagree on, I mean, who cares? We can see a need right in front of us, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, politics, I mean, I actually studied
1: politics and I kind of uh, get turned off talking about it a lot because... I don't know really what it accomplishes, you know? right. Um, but I mean, I do think politics you can always I think you can always find something to agree, like start with where you agree and then and then work to take action from there. like mm-hmm. if you just focus on what you disagree with, you're never going to get anything done. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm pretty good at networking, I'm pretty good at talking to people, and so I mean, I can always find something to agree
0: with somebody on. Like it's it really, really easy to get hung up.: Yeah. On the poll, and that's kind of why the larger point of why I sort of sneakily brought that up. Mm-hmm. I have had a lot of people try and make public service, at least talking to me before, talk, try and make public service some kind of a political thing, and it doesn't have to be. You know, if if you see that trash is on the street, anyone, regardless of their background, can understand the fact that that shouldn't be there. It should maybe be in a trash can, and. It, You know, (laughs) yeah, and I think most
1: people would say that's like something that we should be teaching our kids. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, that's where I would really like to get the Theodores to is like, you know, have like tenth, eleventh, twelfth graders go down and mentor third, fourth, fifth graders, Mm -hmm. you know. And, I mean,
0: we could do stuff like that here very easily, you know. Speaking of that, you've gone to schools before. What have you done there? And I've looked at a couple of things on your website, but you got some kids involved with some cleanup stuff. Yeah, Um, I've done
1: uh, one of the things that I was most proud of or my most proud Theodore moment is uh, my sister teaches first grade. So I went into her class, and she kind of planned a whole, like, lessons about this, you know. And then I just came in for one day, but they had been talking about sustainability and all this stuff. And we went and did a cleanup, but then the cool thing was, is she asked them to go out and do one on their own. Almost every kid in her class of 17 did that, you know, and that to me was eye-opening. Because, like, if first graders can understand this message and go out and take action by themselves, I should be able to get anybody. <laughs> in, yeah. Th- in my opinion. Theoretically. <laughs> yeah, theoretically. Maybe first graders are easier to, but or maybe we just start with the first graders and, and forget everybody else. <laughs> and, and well, like, you really start smart- Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but yeah, you start with every first grade class, you know, pretty soon. Right. Yeah, but, uh, and the other one that I'm real proud of is I started uh, what I call, like, the Big Flag Project, and so I, I gave the first one to Post Falls, and uh, had a biology teacher there who went out, and those kids cleaned up, like, 2,500 pounds of trash, and that was on their own wow. time, you know? And then they got a sign it, and they passed it to Lake City. Supposedly, the word, Jamie Essler told me that uh, Lake City had misplaced my flag, so... Th- it's gone missing. So if anybody someone's had, got it in their it, bedroom, yeah. If anybody at Lake City has seen a big teddy flag, it's please either give gonna, me a call. <laughs> I'm gonna
0: predict, and, and if someone's listening who has this flag, bring it by. You can keep it. I just want to know if it's in an office or a bedroom. Yeah, it's got to be in something like
1: yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. He said he lent it to the history teacher, and then it went, it vanished. But but so that <laughs> I, I still I got some other flags, but that that yeah. was my idea to like, and I, that's the thing I've. I've kept it, like, so open because I don't like, like, telling people you have to do this or... So -hmm. I need to... I need to narrow it down, like drill down
0: what I, because people like being told kind of what to do.
1: That's what I'm learning. They're, they're uncomfortable with
0: like, well, I think what you're a saying broad range of choices. I think to peer more into that, yeah. what I've noticed as well is that perhaps more accurately is people generally want to do something, but a lot of people don't know exactly where to start. And when you have someone who observedly anyway, that you see them and they're like, well, they're already doing something. I'll just do that. Mm. It's an easier thing to just jump on board, which well, is where and, I'm hoping these community yeah. trash pickups go.
1: And I, well, I, you know, I gave the, the first pl- flag was Kevin Mahoney, who was teaching at Post Falls. And I mean, his kids just killed it. Yeah. And, and, and really would like limited, you know, I, I didn't give them a time frame or, you know, where to go or, you know, but I think like in the future, if I did more of that it would make sure that like cleanups
0: were posted and the flags were passed on and right. you know just a quick question about the flags because i don't think we ever got into that you have these little really rad looking flags for the teddies how does that work i mean so i started screen printing them i cut them by hand and and was just like finding people
1: mailing them to friends and family and uh, that's you know that's the way it started what do you do with them I mean, so I just take, I put them on my bag when I'm out hiking, and then Mm -hmm. anytime I find trash, pick it up and just put the flag with the trash or Mm -hmm. take a picture. I mean, it's kind of like a branding, you know, but I just always have it in, or my brother-in-law, he has his in his car Mm -hmm. anytime he goes fly fishing, you know, and then whenever he's fishing, he also picks up all the trash in the day. I mean, it's it's just a simple thing, Mm -hmm. but then you, yeah, it's like building a brand.
0: You yeah. Know? And I think there's certain kind of brandings that are hard to get behind, but that's a really easy one because it's all it is, is it's saying, look, this is just a movement is all this is. You know, you don't have to buy into necessarily the teddy. Yeah. It doesn't
1: cost you money or. Yeah. I mean, you can, I like it when people register on the site because then I can send you emails and you can keep track of your stats, but there's also, you can submit it anonymously. Like you don't have to sign up for a user account if you don't, I mean, I, yeah. I'm trying to make it as
0: easy as But to possible. me, it seems very communal, that flag, yeah. you know, it's like, Hey, I did this too. When you're doing stuff that's really cool for the environment and really cool for the community, and you see that there's this big commune of people that are with you on that, it really makes it easier to keep doing it, as far or even get into it, as far. And I was seen.
1: thinking, like, when I started it, you know, it'd be like if you just walked out in the park and there was a 100- hundred teddy flags mm-hmm. i mean all of us if it was me i would have to go to that website and see like what is this you know yeah. and then i think if i can get people to the website most people yeah will engage with me i've been talking to ali i really like to like make some postcard you know because like the yeah. flags take some time to make but the postcards i could do a run of you know thousand that. yeah and pretty cheap and then you know like you know do a teddy and mail it to your friends so maybe one postcard could get two teddies oh, and uh, yeah and you could you know it's like 30 cents or something to send a postcard yeah so you i mean you could probably even talk to a corporate sponsor and get you know a thousand of them ready to go mm-hmm. and then pass them out yeah i'm always thinking of stuff some things happen some don't but and that's it's a learning process like anything yeah. you know you learn what kind of works what doesn't mm-hmm.
0: and uh, that's where i'd say i'm at important thing is keep going yeah keep doing it we don't have the best recycling in Coraline. I don't think a lot of people would disagree with me on that statement. We have some recycling here, but well, like right now, started in 2010.
1: E- yeah, if which that's an like, indicator, if that's an indicator of where, <laughs> where, where I forget that sometimes. Yeah. Wow. Uh,
0: 2010. I can't even believe it. So right now, you know, you can recycle various things: paper, you can do cardboard, you can do plastic numbers one and two, if you know what that means, and aluminum and tin cans. A, pretty sure that's the majority of things you can recycle in Coeur We do have a couple of glass recycling options now through volunteer organizations like Kootenai Environmental mm. Alliance does it now, which is amazing. Um, but it's a stark difference still from when I lived in say Portland, Oregon that had recycling of everything you could imagine. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if it was just plastic, I remember there was like three or four or maybe I'm exaggerating that, but there was more than one plastic section. You had one for the lids versus one for a certain kind of container, one for a different kind of container, and all this stuff. And you being the publicly active person that you are, what, in your opinion, do you think Coeur could do uh, to improve the way that it has its sustainable waste options set up right now?
1: I mean, one of the things that I would really like to see is like, I mean, you've already said it, young people are passionate. So maybe that is the city taking on interns every summer. The University of Idaho or Montana who are interested in these issues and like, I mean, can get some college credit. I mean, it helps if you can set some people up with housing, but there's lots of big lake houses, you know? I mean, so if, say you had four or five interns every summer, and it was like, how are we going to increase recycling? And you gave them housing, you know, maybe they work 20 hours a week somewhere, you need some cash, and then 20 hours for the city for internship credit, you know? I mean, I do think, like, doing things like that could really...
0: So kind of this team dedicated to doing recycling and...
1: Yeah, I mean, you need you need a seat at the table, which, you know, the city would have to... Of course. Or, or the waste management people, right? Yeah, I mean, that's really, I mean, you need the people who are doing the waste management and the city to come together. And I'm sure if you talk to the people at waste management, they have tons, tons of, of tons of ideas and problems, you know, so it's, how do you get all those people together? How do you get the people who can actually make decisions? I mean, when I was living in Coeur I lived at an apartment complex and I couldn't even get recycling there mm-hmm. because it had to be requested by the owner. You know, I mean, if you go to a city like Portland or Vancouver, yeah. I mean, they... If, if you're more than like five units, you have to provide recycling. Right. Coeur d'Alene it's does not long. have things like that. You know, and they very easily could. And, but I mean, and it's just, yeah, it's starting the conversation. I mean, I remember at the Teddy thing in the park that 2030 put on where I won the money. They were doing a whole concert series and they didn't even have recycling set up, you know, at these public events that they knew were going to happen. And And so my wife went up and talked to, yeah, talked to the, the guy at the city collecting the trash and, you know, just asked about it. And then the next time they had one, but that's, you got, you can't be afraid. But I mean, I do think like structurally you need to find a way to fund somebody. Mm -hmm. If you're really going to make a Mm -hmm. difference. And the only way that I, if you don't have much money, then it's, you're down to like interns and stuff, which I still think you can get quality work out of. But you need a good mentor
0: and and you need to figure out a way, I mean, for them to come get Mm -hmm. credit. That's an interesting way to combat that. I'd never thought of any sort of thing like that, but it makes sense. Like if you had a team and it wouldn't have to be theoretically very large to tackle something like that. I'd be really interested to see what kind of things you could get done I imagine with 5 people at 20 hours a week that's 100 hours worth of week uh, per week rather that people would just solely be putting into waste management. And that does happen, like we have waste management places, but it would be really interesting to see if people's sole job was somehow just doing recycling, just maybe transporting, could maybe do house pickups. You could do, there's all kinds of stuff you could do with that idea. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think just taking meetings with the, like the waste management people and the city and, and like focusing on how do we, I mean, you would dramatically increase recycling here if you took it to every apartment complex. I mean, just start there. I mean, it's not rocket science. It's like, we know what needs we know to what happen. To do. Yeah. And we have students at NIC but it's like how do you link those different institutions up but I, I really like the idea of yeah, like internship and I mean they need stuff for their resume they're hungry you mm-hmm. know like give them a chance because I think most of the time when you do that they surprise you and I would point to like the sustainability center at U of I which mm-hmm. wasn't even there when I was a student And that's completely student-led almost. Very few paid staff positions. You know, they're paying students through, like, work-study. But you look at the projects that are coming out of that place in, like, 10 years, and it's amazing. But they've chosen to empower students, and you need some resources, and you need need mentorship, and you need contact with people who can move levers of power. Um, You can
0: also blow up Dylan's email
1: box if you want. I'm yeah. just kidding.
0: Oh. <laughs> I'm sure you can ask questions on the Theodores and all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, the
1: Theodores. Tuesdays at gmail.com. If cool. you go to my website, um, there's a contact form and it goes to that email. Uh, or Facebook, the Theodores. You know, send me a message. I'd love to from anybody. So what's next
0: for the Theodores?
1: Well, the postcard idea is I really like to do that. And then um, I've been working on a children's book. So I have the text all written uh, and I have the illustrations. I found a, a young, hungry student from Speaking Romania, of, yeah. <laughs> from Romania uh, who was in art school and she made me some illustrations and they turned out really good. Um, awesome. Yeah, and so the idea is to have like a like a flag postcard in the back, so every book would have a flag so kids could read the book and then challenge other schools
0: or... I used to love that kind of stuff when I was a kid. You know, Bill Nye the Science Guy was my generation. Mm-hmm. Loved watching Bill Nye. And there were random things that they would do, I remember, with all these different science experiments. And they always used, well not always, but a lot of the time, if you pay attention, they use a lot of stuff like water jugs and just random buckets around the house that are made of plastic. They use a bunch of stuff and they destroy a lot of things for science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I used to see that kind of stuff as a kid going like, okay, the idea of reusing something was commonplace in terms of not just science, but we used to garden. You always reuse a whole bunch of stuff when you're doing that kind of thing. And and so, um, you know, we talk, we're talking about this picking up trash and things like that, but it would be remiss of me not to mention on the show, if you're going to throw stuff away, that's fine. If you have to throw stuff away, throw stuff away, obviously. But the reduce and reuse comes before recycle if you ever look at that and and in my situation i don't live in a very large house i have had to reduce my consumption in general for living space but what's interesting is you start to notice the more you sort of whittle things down how much you waste and a big thing is you know sure it's important to make sure things get into the trash receptacle and things like that reducing your waste or just reusing what you can, can really, really impact what we're picking up afterwards, right? It's it's really important to practice good waste management practices way before you even start to help with stuff. I, I have found personally, and I'm curious what you have to say about that, the idea of reducing what you can and try and be responsible with your own waste management practices. The old saying, how can you help anyone else if you can't help yourself? Do you think there's a link to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I mean, I think like to me, sustainability—it's a very broad word. Nobody really understands like what it means. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we we know. I mean, we know like if you're alive, you have to consume things. So what's the proper amount that you should be consuming? But I mean, when when you look at the world we live in, so much of it of success is defined as like overconsumption. I mean, I would say like that's yeah. The picking up trash—I mean, that's just like a way to get people to engage in the issues. I mean really it's like yeah people need to use way less i just kind of have naturally gravitated towards that maybe because i'm cheap or you know (laughs) uh, but yeah i mean like it pains me to buy things retail uh, unless it's like ski gear or something i really need but otherwise i mean i'm at the thrift stores you know Mm -hmm. and that's Like, all the teddy gear that I'm, like, upcycling, you know, putting teddy patches on is, like, just vintage stuff that I can find for a couple bucks. I mean, I get itchy when I go in a mall or, you know, but so much of, I mean, you look at, like, the health of our country. It's, like, how did we perform after the Christmas season? Buying, consumption, you know, and I do think, like, we need to shift uh, philosophically in, you know, what is success? Is success, you know, going out and organizing cleanups or is it buying five new shirts? And it is changing. um,
0: Mm -hmm. And I think you're hitting at the core issue there. Um, First off, I almost laughed really, really loud because you, when you said, what even is sustainability? That's the first line of my podcast, episode one. What is sustainability? And and a couple episodes ago, we actually talked about how thrift stores are just filling. There's so many thrift stores now. There's a thrift store culture. You know, Uh it is about that philosophical mindset. I think that's the big thing that we're trying to figure out on this show is figure out, you know, how do we kind of shift our thinking? Because it's hard to shift thinking, especially yeah. within a culture. Well, in habits,
1: I mean, you create these habits, habits of consumption. I mean, you look at, like, I go into schools, and the amount that those kids throw away every day on their lunch. You know, in, in Sweden, it's like you go into the lunchroom there, and they're everything, you know, trays, washable utensils, you know, and here it's like single use, everything. So, I mean, imagine that. You, you have a kid from first grade to 12th grade, and every day they're just used to throwing stuff away. I mean, it becomes a habit.
0: Just mindless, really. Yeah, it's just the way we do it. Yeah, it's the
1: way we do it, and it becomes hard to break habits, you know, and and I'd say that's kind of like, for me, that's what sustainability is, is like waking up to the fact that, well, we do live in a finite world, so we can't continue to do that indefinitely. Mm. I mean, we know that, so how do we change our thinking?
0: I think if we can figure that out, We'll go a long way. Yeah, maybe we could even be
1: governor or something. That's what I, that's what I <laughs> tell people, right? If you really knew how, if it was easy to change people's minds and easy to do this stuff, then, right. I mean, then I might be in Congress or, you know, I
0: mean, it's, it's hard, you know, yeah. um, but it only
1: happens if more and more people uh, try to
0: make it happen. Well, thank you so much for coming and and meeting up with me. It's yeah, been, it was it's super fun.
1: Yeah, I mean maybe we can do it again sometime.
0: Absolutely, and maybe we'll maybe we'll look up our trash pickup champion and we'll try and get him on the show too. Yeah, that
1: would be that would be interesting
0: actually. Yeah, come yeah. on out, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, what was his name? What was his uh, uh, Robert? Yeah, Robert. yeah Robert. Land, land Landlock Robert. Landlock Robert. If you know a guy who goes by Landlock Robert, track him down mm-hmm. and. Uh, and give us a give us call. Yeah, <laughs> I can give you his contact info. Woo, sure. let's yeah. do it. All right. You know, we talk a lot in this country, so let's get to a point to where we're walking some of that talk. You don't have to run for mayor or president to help your community. It turns out it's much simpler than that. And thank goodness, because the future rests on our shoulders. We are the people who speak to each other with civil discourse. We are the people who innovate. We are the people who keep our cities clean. And we are the people who can and must join and learn from each other. Our future depends on it and there's no other option. So it's a good thing that it's not that hard. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you liked what you heard, like it and share with your friends you can now listen and subscribe to the sustainable culture podcast on itunes spotify google play stitcher and soundcloud and be sure to find us on facebook and instagram if that's more your thing if you have any questions comments suggestions or downright disagreements send them over to Podcast at gmail.com i'm josh mclaughlin i'll see you next time